Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is May 2nd, and our passage for today is Ezra chapter 5. We come in contact for the very first time to two mighty men of God, the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edo. These are the prophets that God used to stir the heart of the Jewish people after 14 years of complacency. And we will look at Haggai's prophecy in just a moment, but before that, I want to set the context once again, because we can never forget the great story of God. Again, so many times we get so close to the forest that we cannot see the trees around us. And so I never want us to lose sight of where we're going. Remember, Cyrus issued a decree in 538 B.C., and 50,000 Jews, after three years, came back from exile. Now, there were a lot of reasons, remember, why they did not come back any more than 50,000. First of all, they were prosperous. Jeremiah the prophet had said, Whatever you do, pray for the success of the city in which you live and the country in which you are dwelling, because God is with you. God is the one that sent you into captivity, and God did not send you there to abandon you. After 70 years, he'll bring you back into the land, but you've got to be there in order for the land to have its sabbatical rest. God had warned the people, don't overdo it, and don't worship other gods. They overdid it with the land. They got greedy. They would not give the land a rest, and the sabbatical years were neglected. God said, I value the land, you're going to value the land. But the reason God used this occasion to let the land rest is because of the overall sinfulness of the people, and they forsook the living God and began to worship idols as a way of life. Not from time to time, but as a way of life to where the true and living God was not worshipped except in spots, and those were very few and far between. And so God raised up the Babylonians, and we've been through that. And then he brought about his anointed one, Cyrus, that he had named him by name 200 years before through the prophet Isaiah. And now all of this has come to pass. And now Cyrus, the anointed one, has issued decree for the people to go back. So after a year of being back in the land and organizing the great monumental task of building the temple, the second temple. Then indeed the people began, but after a year they grew discouraged because of the people of the land began to bring suits against them and accuse them, and it so discouraged them that they just quit. However, the amazing thing is they did not flee back. They did not go back. They stayed and they did well and built their own houses. And they began to be consumed with the decoration of their own homes and building of a great kingdom of their own instead of the kingdom of God. 
And the prophet Zechariah and the prophet Haggai began to speak to them about this sinfulness. It's amazing how many problems we think we have in America, which I call first world problems, that the rest of the world knows nothing about. We call them problems, and what they are more than anything are inconveniences many times. But the scripture says that Haggai and Zechariah prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Haggai and Zechariah reminded the people that they belonged to God, that is Haggai and Zechariah, they were sent from God, and the whole reason the people were back in the land and had an opportunity to do anything was because of the graciousness and the mercy of Almighty God. So Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, that's Joshua, the son of Jozadak, rose up and began to build the house which is in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, helping them. Now, that is an amazing thing. You see, Haggai and Zechariah started prophesying, and when the people started acting, they didn't forsake them. No, they stayed right with them and began to supervise the work of God there. So that brought opposition. It says that Tatanai, the governor of the region beyond the river, that is what beyond the Euphrates River, where Israel is today from Persia, and Shitar, Bosnai, and their companions came to them and spoke thus to them, Who has commanded you to build this temple and finish the wall? Then accordingly, we told them the names of the men who were constructing this building. But look at verse 5. But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, so that they could not make them cease till a report could go to Darius. Then a written answer was returned concerning this matter. This is a copy of the letter that Tatanai sent. And so you see, Ezra's recording all of these things. And again, this entire book of Ezra is in two languages. It's in Hebrew. Hebrew, the part that is narrative, and then the documents are in Aramaic, the language of the captivity, the language of the exile. It was Aramaic, the same language that was the language that they spoke in the New Testament era, except in the synagogues and in the temple. And so you have this exchange of the letters, and you see that the people of the land wanted this stopped. And what this was, it was a control issue. By the way, it usually boils down to two things, control and money. If there's a fuss, and uh, this is what it is. It happens in governments. It happens in families. It happens in churches. It was happening here. You see, the tax money and the revenue the Jews were keeping and putting in this temple rather than paying to these governors, and they didn't like that. They were losing control. You see, when you lose control of the money, you lose control of the people. This is exactly what was happening. But Haggai and Zechariah started uh, preaching, and it's amazing that Haggai and Zechariah were saying to the people, now look, this is not just another building. This is the house of God. This is the appointed place. This is the Moed. This is the place where God said, I want to meet with you. It's a central worship center. And they have been without this for 70 years. Now, Haggai started preaching, and listen to this, three weeks later, three weeks later, they started acting on and building the temple after 14 years. Haggai 1.12 says that they immediately began after three weeks to follow up on what he says. 
I mean, they got with it immediately. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people. And here's what God said. I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel and Shealtiel, the governor, and they began the work. I mean, they got on it immediately. It is a fascinating fascinating time. And it says the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, the spirit of the remnant of the people, the spirit of the remnant. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. That means three weeks after the message from God came, they acted on it. What they needed was a word from God. Isn't that what every generation needs? Isn't that what every family needs? Isn't that what every church needs? Isn't that what every nation needs? Isn't that what every man and woman needs? Isn't that what every community needs? Every era, every epoch, every dispensation needs a clear word from God. And if you think Haggai was was messing around, beating around the bush and being passive aggressive, you need to read the book. I mean, he got on it. Immediately. In verse 2 of chapter 1, thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says the time has not come, the time for the Lord's house to be built. This was what the people were saying. Well, we need to wait on God. We need to, you know, wait. The timing has to be right. What they were doing was they were building their own houses. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, look at verse 3. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? Paneled house was a very, very nice home with the cedar of Lebanon. And this temple lie in ruins. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. In other words, you better search your heart because if it's not time to build the house of God, then why is it time for you to be remodeling your home? Why is it for you to be putting money in your home? Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. He says this over and over again. And God said, you need to look at what's going on around you. There's rampant inflation. You say, well, I don't see that. Well, look at verse six. You've sown much and it brings in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. You earn wages, and he that earns wages, you put it in a bag and just has holes. In In other words, your money goes nowhere. If there ever was a definition of inflation and for inflation and a metaphor, it is in Zechariah chapter 1 and verse 6. It's like putting a week's worth of work into something, earning a week's pay, putting it in your pocket, and it just goes right out the bottom of your trousers simply because there's holes in your pocket. In other words, you can't keep money. Everything costs too much. You bring in a lot, and you're sowing a lot, but you're bringing in little. You're eating, but you never have enough. This is the metaphor for and the analogy for inflation. And so Haggai and Zechariah got the people back to work. And sure enough, it was not very long, just four years, and they completed this work. And it was an incredible work. And they had so little to work with. Remember Solomon with tens of 
thousands of workers, tens of thousands of workers. It still took him seven years. Was it a more splendorous, magnificent temple? Of course it was. Was it fancier? Yes. And we've already read where the people were weeping who had seen the other one. But yet in four years, they put together a second temple, and it was nothing shabby now. But in comparison to the one that Solomon built, it was on a very diminutive scale compared to what Solomon had built as far as splendor and just the sheer spectacular nature of it and the amount of pomp and circumstance that dedicated it and the glory of God coming down the point to where the people had to get out of the temple itself. We don't read anything like that happening here. And the tens of thousands of rams and bulls and lambs that Solomon offered when he dedicated the temple. All to say that this fifth chapter of Ezra deals with what the people doing, what they should have been doing 14 years earlier. They didn't even appeal. They just listened to the discouraging words, and that's the way it was. An amazing thing, 14 years later, men of God come along and say, no, here's what you've got to do. God says you need to get on with this, so you need to get on with it. So then when these same people came back, the same group came back and said, hey, what are you doing? We're going to tell on you. We're going to tattle to the king. They said, hey, go ahead. We're doing this because the king, the great King Cyrus, the one that was before this one, Darius, He's the one that told us to do what we're doing. We're doing what he said to do. We are following orders, and you just check on it. And we'll see in the next chapter, in the next podcast, that's exactly what Darius did. And I want to tell you, he found more than he expected, and certainly more than these governors and the leaders that were pestering the Jewish people about this temple. Oh, I'm sure they were sorry they ever brought that up. Now, you stay tuned at the next podcast and you'll see the answer of Darius and how God blessed and blessed and blessed the people because they were obedient. You see, when you listen to the word of God, you can never go wrong because God always knows the end from the beginning. And he said, Haggai, Zechariah, I've got a word for the people and I want you to speak it. Now, aren't you glad Aren't you glad that Haggai and Zechariah had the boldness and loved the people enough to tell them the truth? If there's ever a time when we need churches and men of God and elders and deacons and leaders and those who influence people to love people enough to tell them the truth. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.